Hello, brown girls. It's your girl, Lady J, coming at you kind of live, but always direct. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with a Brown Girl podcast, where I openly chat about self-care, self-love, healthy living, and improving one's mental health pertaining to women of color. This season, all conversations revolve around relationships, how we relate, behave, and talk to each other and ourselves. Today's episode focuses on our relationship with food, and I speak to the founder of LovingMyTemple.com, Nava Simka. She is a certified holistic nutritionist and health coach and maternity health coach who is committed to helping women strengthen the success of their health journey through self-reflection, faith-based study, and nutritional growth. She specializes in holistic weight management, healing from emotional eating, and building stronger, healthier mamas. And I have to say that if you listen to my episode in April about my COVID journey, Nava was very helpful in giving me a lot of information on natural foods and remedies that will help in my healing process. So sis knows what she's doing. And she had we had a really good conversation before and after the episode, like I always do with my guests, but sis is knowledgeable. So you're going to learn a lot in this episode, but I have talked enough already. Let the conversation begin. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all my brown girls listening out there. As I said in the intro, today's conversation is the importance of having a great relationship with food, a great relationship with being healthy in terms of what we eat. And today's guest is Nava Simka. She is the founder of LovingMyTemple.com. She is a certified holistic nutritionist and health coach and maternity health coach who is committed to helping women strengthen their success of their health journey through self-reflection, faith-based study, and nutritional growth. She specializes in holistic weight management, which I might need to take you up on, (laughs) healing from emotional eating, I feel seen, and building stronger, healthier mamas. Welcome, Nava, to the conversation. Please take the time to introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. So I said, I am Nava Simka. I've been doing health coaching and nutrition for almost a decade now. It's been wonderful. And it started with me just wanting to be a better mother. You know, I got pregnant and I was like, I want to be the best mom I could be. And then it just evolved to a lot of education and study to help other Black women just have something else. You know, we've gone through so much trauma through the centuries. And so healing from that to making our future better and brighter and getting back to rejuvenation, like that's what drives me. And so it makes me really excited to talk to all of you today. All right. So we're just going to dive in. So you are a nutritionist. So you deal with what's healthy, what's not, what we should eat, what we shouldn't. What is your definition of eating healthy? So eating healthy is eating ingredients that it actually comes from the earth. No, I'm not expressing veganism. People think that, <laughs> but really it's just about what is clean. A lot of our food, when we go into the supermarket, if it's in a box, turnover, most of that has chemicals and things that have no business doing in our body, even though it says organic, even if it says natural, or if it says, oh, it's healthy. There's a lot of lies in the marketing which really comes down to they just want to sell their product and they know their product's addictive. So when you see what's healthy eating, it's clean ingredients that you understand. It shouldn't be difficult to understand what's in your food. If you don't know what it is, put it back and run (laughs) because it's not food. So when you say clean eating, so fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, what about frozen? Is frozen frozen frozen? Frozen is great because frozen gets a bad rap, but really frozen can have more nutrients than the stuff on the actual shelves. When you look at that produce, it was shipped from miles away. It could have been picked either prior to it being ready. So it doesn't have all the nutrients it should have gotten from the tree or vine or wherever it came from, or it was picked at its peak, but then it traveled for like 10 days to wherever you are. So you're not getting as much nutrients as you should have. We're frozen. They literally pick it, freeze it, 
and it's done. So you're still getting all that nutrients. So I love frozen if you can get it. So a lot of us, that's the only option we have available. So no to canned goods. I don't mind canned goods, but it's not the best. But if that's what you can get, that's fine. Just make sure that you look at the ingredients and understand that, you know, it has a bunch of preservatives, put it back. The only thing you want to see on there is like salt, Mm -hmm. you know, salt, water, and whatever it is. Okay. What does it mean to have a good relationship with food? A good relationship with food is taking the emotional side out of our eating habits. A lot of us, almost all of us have some kind of trauma or we have where we're taught that in order to have a good time or show love, we provide food. That's the emotional side of eating, you know, and it's part of our culture, right? You know, it's like something good happens. We invite people over, we eat and there's nothing wrong with eating with, with everyone. But when you're doing that intentionally, like that's your way of celebrating and giving, giving kind of like, I don't want to say a tribute, but essentially giving something to celebrate that that's, that's emotional eating. So what happens that you feel like you, you're not getting enough if you are not eating you're, or you're bored. So you're eating or you're stressed. So you're eating. And so that's not a healthy way of having a relationship with food. When it comes to spending time with your family, just spend time with them and then love them. And then if food comes into play, great. And that's just an example. But stepping back from that, having a healthy relationship with food is understanding that food is fuel. It's medicine for your body. Yes, it tastes good, but it's not always about the taste and flavor. It's more of making sure you have what you need. So your body's constantly rejuvenating and healing. Okay. So I feel... (laughs) I feel seen because as you were talking, I, I remember my father, you know, rest his soul passed away a couple of years ago. No, I'm um, he, I'll put it this way. If you were coming over my house, mm-hmm. people knew that you were going to eat and eat well. And my father was born in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're talking gravy and fried foods and mm. mothered and you know there's bacon in the greens and, mm. and you know that and that's how my father like you said showed love he if mm. came over our house we fed you you were going to eat good I mean my cousins and my aunts and uncles and everybody they just love coming over our house because Fletcher was going to throw down <laughs> and I remember her you know, my father told me, you know, I love him dearly, but he really kind of had, I really learned, I was taught to have an unhealthy relationship with food, mm-hmm. mainly from him. Because I remember mm-hmm. he would tell me, oh, you know, you need to keep some crackers in the car in case you're bored sitting in traffic. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not, that's not healthy. I'm not hungry. I'm just eating because I'm bored. Mm-hmm. So then I started to develop these habits and then I realized that they were unhealthy. So now that I have a kid, my, my, I tell my son who it, I have to fight tooth and nail to get him to eat vegetables. But I tell him like, you know, when you're full, you're full. Yeah. You know, these are the foods you should eat. You should eat more, more fruits, more vegetables, you know, less this, less that. But, you know, of course, as a parent, I don't know anything, but I do. <laughs> I'm trying to teach him healthier ways to eat. I don't always model that. Like for the past couple of nights that I have been able to cook, we've been eating like fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you. I think in our community, especially in the black community, yes, we don't have a healthy relationship with food because we associate it with emotion. We associate it when someone dies, you mm-hmm. bring, bring food to the people. You know, that's how we show that we're taking care of them. You know, birthdays, graduations, part, whatever it is, it's surrounded by food. And a lot of it, most of the time, is very unhealthy. Yes. Just to touch a little more on that, you know, you think about the trauma we went through coming over and slavery and everything Mm -hmm. like that's the one bit of joy that we had. You know, we had rough times and still after slavery, you know, we constantly had to look out for the slave patrol um, Mm -hmm. trying to hurt us. And so it just passed down because the one thing that we had, we knew we could cook. We knew we can cook well. I grew up with a grandmother that I said I was done. She would pick off the little meat off the chicken bone and say, eat that. You know, so it's just it's -hmm. something that. We understand it and it's in love that they do it, but it's bad habits that we've learned because it was just our way of coping through the severe trauma we went through. Uh, Yeah, I I definitely agree. Can you give us 
three reasons why it's important for Black women, women of color to have a healthy relationship with food? Well, reason number one is very simple. We're beautiful. We're amazing. We don't hear that enough. We don't hear that we are amazing. So a lot of times we'll just cope with food because it makes us feel good. A lot of people, they just want us to just be super strong all the time when, you know, a lot of times we just, we want to cry. So understanding that that is important to value yourself, having that value, you are so valuable, more valuable than rubies. And when you understand that, then you're not going to just put any old thing in your body. You're not going to put any old kind of drink or dessert or whatever. You're not going to accept everything that is offered out there because you know you're valuable. The second thing is that our bodies, we rejuvenate in ways that other societies don't rejuvenate. You know, we look at the science of the Black woman's body, the amazing things that we can do. It's hindered by all the toxic ingredients that we get every day. That's not just in our food, but it's in our water, in our houses, it's in the air. So why compound that with what we eat and what we choose to eat? And then the third thing is that if you look at the food in the areas that we're at, Look where it's targeted to. It's targeted to our children. It's targeted to the Black community. You don't see a lot of these things. You see a lot more farmers markets and things like that in in quote unquote white areas Mm -hmm. versus our areas would tend to be more food deserts. You see junky food. You see food colors that alter your DNA, alter your mind habits, alter, make you more addicted to it. So you're eating more of it. You know, we get the trash of the food that's not really food. So if you know that you're not trash and you're valuable and you know your kids are not trash and you're valuable, then- we having a healthy relationship with it makes us see like, okay, I'm going to go the extra mile. If I can go that extra, you know, drive an extra 10 minutes to get some food, I'm going to do that. If I'm going to eat frozen, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sacrifice and not eat Burger King, for example, so that I know that my kids are getting the best thing and I'm modeling that. So we model that for our children. So we have to work on it and also being honest with them, like tell them like, we're not perfect, but we're trying. This is what I went through. And I don't want you to go through that. That's what I do with my children. Like I tell them like, yeah, we see all this stuff, but this is what it did to us. For example, when I was first going through this health journey, I would get sinus infections regularly every month. And it was terrible. I had to stop work everything, you know, and I was just allergic to everything. But when I started eating better, my body healed. I don't get sinus infections every month. I can't remember the last time I had a sinus infection just because. And then I model that for our children. So now they understand, okay, we don't eat this and this is why we don't eat it. And they don't have an interest in it anymore. So long way to answer, but yes, we model that we're valuable. We're amazing. And we heal better when we're getting the right things in our body. So I know we touched on it a little bit. Well, let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on dieting? Because I know you 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 talk you you are a nutritionist and you yes. specialize in weight management. First of all, let me ask you what that means. What is weight management? Holistic weight, weight management. Holistic weight management is is based off of your goals because not everybody wants to lose weight. Some people want to maintain weight. Some people actually want to gain weight if they've gotten too skinny. So whatever your goals are in that area that falls in line in weight management, holistic weight management falls into making sure you're getting the ingredients based off of your specific situation. So for example, if you have high blood pressure, if you have diabetes, if you are dealing with, I mean, all kinds of things, you know, just any kind of ailment that you have, what I would do is I would, tailored eating habits around it and food um, meal plans around that and then helping you to identify what's best for you because maybe you just maybe you eat fine but you just need more exercise you know because a lot of our lives are sedentary because of jobs we have maybe the medications that you're on they're causing you to gain weight so we have to find a way to get you off those medications slowly so that way you can actually hit the goals that you want because not everything is on us and our choices sometimes it's what's given to us that treat the symptoms but not the cause So that's weight management. To answer your question about dieting, though, I hate it. Dieting is the worst thing that was ever created. It's not a real thing because what's happening is that you're you're eating to a specific plan that someone says works. Right. And even if you get results, what happens when you're done with those results? You have no idea how to go back and maintain the success that you had in a healthy way. Or they make you eat certain products and certain things that the ingredients aren't great. But if you work them together, you'll see results. 
but then you're also causing other issues in the body. So it's like, what's the point? What's the point of looking sexy in a bikini, but you're sick all the time? Like that's, you can't go outside. You can't go to the beach. So I don't like diets. What I like is tailoring it to you. What do you need to eat specifically to heal and addressing the mindset? So that way you have a healthier relationship with food because we were taught a lot of warp things, not just in like our communities, but just how society teaches food. When we transform that, we will see the results because food will, will automatically help your body go to where it's supposed to go once you're eating it in the right way. Okay. So just, I like what you said about tailoring it to you. And I think that's very important because I was thinking about, you know, some of the diets that I've I've tried, you know, I was very successful with Weight Watchers, Mm -hmm. but then I gained the weight back. Then I went to a weight loss doctor. They were giving me Ozempic, which is for diabetics. I'm not a diabetic, Mm -hmm. but coupled with eating differently, I lost the weight, but then I gained it back. And she wanted me to go on that keto diet, Mm -hmm. which I personally don't like because I, I have high cholesterol and I just felt like. I was kind of, like you said, I'm, I'm treating one thing, but in hurting the other, because you want me to eat all of these meats and all of this stuff, which is high in cholesterol, but I, and then like lunch meat, I'm really not too fond of eating, but I would, I would, what I would do is I would just make a salad, have some lunch Mm -hmm. meat, cheese, you know, things like that. And I lost the weight, but then I gained it back. So Mm -hmm. for, for people like me, and I know you said tailor it to yourself. But for people like me who kind of have an idea, like we, I have high cholesterol, but other than that, I'm pretty okay. What mm-hmm. are some, what are some ways that I can, and I'm sure some of my listeners can relate, who we don't have a lot of health issues for the most part, we're, we're overweight, we're, our numbers are fine, but we mm-hmm. do want to lose and maintain the weight. What advice do you have? Sure. So the first advice would be, If you deal with any form of emotional eating, that doesn't mean stress. It means on the whole spectrum, happy eating versus sad eating. You want to deal with that first. And the reason being is that a lot of people, when they go on like, okay, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to do better. Something happens. They'll get around family and they're like, oh, well, I'll just eat just this one time. Or something happens at work. You know what? I'm going to snack on this. Or you're watching a movie and you're snacking. So you just, you get a lot of little snacks in there, but you're not burning the calories off fast enough. And so- Addressing that, it makes you more conscious of your choices so that way you can move forward. The second thing is there's a lot of hurtful things that are said out there because people just look at someone's size and they'll say, oh, well, if you just stop eating or you stop doing this, I'm like, it's not always about how much you like, like, for example, my mother, you know, she's a bigger woman, but it's because of the medication that she's on. And then the work she does is sedentary for long hours. So she doesn't get enough exercise and she has medications that's hindering her, but she eats well. So don't listen to the voices, just figure out what it is that is hindering you from hitting your goals. And then the third thing is look at the ingredients. A lot of people will lose a ton of weight if they just focus on the ingredients, certain foods that we eat, drinks, the chemicals. Like I went through several years of study on the ingredients in our food and how they affect our body. I'm not expecting anybody to do that. But what I am expecting people to do is just look at it. If it looks like a chemical or if it says natural flavors, run because especially natural flavors, natural flavors can literally be up to a hundred ingredients and they're all made to be addictive and mimic flavors that don't necessarily, they aren't really real. So what happens in a lot of natural flavors, it will inflame the body. A lot of those ingredients cause inflammation on the base level. And so what happens is because you have inflammation, your body's in fight or flight mode all the time. It's not worried about weight loss right now. Cause they're like, well, we need these calories just in case to save us, you know? So you're looking at that and they're like, okay, I need to keep her alive. So they're constantly fighting inflammation. So if you're, if you're paying attention to the ingredients, you're going to start seeing progress without even trying. And then it's just moving forward from there. Wow. So, okay. So let me tell you what I ate on Friday. Okay. I only ate, okay. So I had a medium cup of coffee. Okay. Six cream, six sugars. Okay. Caramel flavor from Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because I only ate once, 
I had a chicken salad sandwich on white toast, lettuce, onions, and bacon with okay. buffalo and cheese. Okay. But I only ate once. No bueno. I, if if you guys could see her face. <laughs> okay. So immediately, Dunkin' Donuts is trash. <laughs> like... <laughs> So let's start with the sugar. The sugar, first and foremost, is eight times more addictive than cocaine. Eight times more addictive. And everyone seems to know that statistic. But the thing is, is that if you're not a crack addict, I've never been a crack addict, but I've worked with people that know crack addicts and know how they operate. And so it is the hardest thing to get off of. And it's in almost everything in American food. So you have that because it's just regular white sugar that's been bleached and could have bone meal from cow, could have bone meal from something else in it. Like there's all kinds of crazy ingredients in it. They don't tell you that because they're not obligated to tell you. Then you have the cream. Their cream typically has some kind of preservatives in it, which causes that fight or flight. And then the caffeine in your body is highly acidic. So it's hindering your body. Basically, you're just, you have an inflammation bomb going in your system in the first thing in the morning. Did you drink any water that day? Okay, the fact that you have to think about it, I'm going to say. <laughs> well, let me, let me say my, my profession, I'm a teacher. Okay, so, so you're busy. So I'm, I'm busy all day. And mm-hmm. I, I, the reason why I hesitate is because I think I did, but I'm not sure. Damn. But I do bring my water with me to work. I have Good. it in one of those tumblers. And I have a lot of back and hip issues that are related to arthritis. So... I know sugar okay. is very bad for me. I know it causes inflammation, but I'm also very tired in the morning and I like my coffee light and sweet, but I, I think I did. I don't know. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like we're programmed to have coffee to make wake us up and then we get addicted to the caffeine because that's also addictive. So honestly, what will wake you up the best is getting two cups of water immediately. First thing in the morning, not ice cold because that coagulates the blood. You want a nice, tepid, warmer water or just warm water with lemon that helps get the body going and gets things moving, gets the organs going. And it also wakes up the brain. A lot of times when we're really tired, it's because the brain's dehydrated. Most of us are dehydrated. And so the brain's still struggling to think. But you get that water, it pumps up and then boom, you're ready for your day. Not saying coffee's bad because I do like my coffee, but (laughs) the water helps first and foremost. And then teachers, my husband's a teacher. He's been teaching, he's going on 20 years now, but it's just, it's hard to get everything in. But that water bottle, because we need half our body weight in ounces. So it's just utilizing that will really help us throughout the day. But anyway, the one meal thing, don't do that. I mean, like, I'm not saying that you have to eat multiple meals. There's nothing wrong with having one meal, but you need something else in your body. Because what happens is if you do that too long, then your body is seeing you're not getting enough calories for like your height and all this other stuff. So then it starts to try and store it for dear life. And you don't want that. You want your body to constantly say, okay, I'm getting nourished. So making sure you're having, if you have one solid meal, that's great because Three meals a day is also too much. What you really want is one good meal and then snack throughout the day, maybe a lighter meal. The heavier the meal is ideally midday is when you want that. You want a lighter meal in the morning. And if you need a meal at night, then a lighter meal. That's people that are super active. Like you like triathlons and like, all right. But snacking is a good way. And I'm not talking about snacking with boredom. Like if you feel a little bit of hunger, having some apples or carrots or something like that and just switching it up would be huge. And I know you said that you mentioned that you take supplements. So that's good too. Just making sure that it's the right supplements because some supplements, they still add trash ingredients to it. I say that a lot, but it's true. Like the the industry, they lie to us so much and they say that it's healthy and it's this, but when you look at it, it's not that. And that's what I teach my clients, um, especially in the Simplify Eating Habits program. We focus on that. Like giving you the basics without overwhelming your brain. So that way you can make easier decisions because my goal is not to have you as a client for life dependent on me. It's more of, I go from showing you what you need to do to being your ultimate cheerleader. It's like being a mom, you know, like you raise your baby up and then ta-da, you're wonderful again. And you just come to me for advice. That's my goal because more than for me, it's not about the dollar. It's about creating change and changing lives in the community so that it can be duplicated out there. 
you know, we are the keepers of our house. We are the influencers, not just of our house, but everywhere. So if we're constantly putting toxic things in ourselves or constantly looking at ourselves and judging ourselves because of what society says versus looking at ourselves in a healthy way, you know, that it hinders everything else around us. It hinders our children, our spouse, you know, our partners, all that stuff. So I just, I'm really focused on helping us get a better mindset, healthier, knowing that I'm not judging you. I I truly have been there. I get it. <laughs> and helping you to become the best version of yourself to help others. So I have this one question. Sure. Um, I know a lot of people that I, I'm not going to say the black community as a whole, mm-hmm. but I have heard it being talked on the radio and some others Dr. CB how do you feel about it <laughs> so I'm feel? sorry <laughs> Too apparent. the, the, the okay. eye roll I wish you guys could see this but how do you feel about because I I I myself so I'm okay if I could afford it right mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about what Tom Brady his diet Mm-hmm. But his his diet is very close to Dr. CB. For those of mm-hmm. you that don't know, Dr. CB is a uh, was a black man who mm-hmm. basically took a holistic approach about eating and felt like cooking food took the mm-hmm. nutrient. Like you should try to keep the food as close to its natural state as possible, and cooking it should be. Like no microwaving, you should only eat certain, you know, types of seeds, nuts, right. grains, not even use like olive oil for cooking. I know a lot of people think that's healthy. So that's who Dr. CB is. And he also, his meal plan diet, however you want to look at it, was based on pH and acidic levels. And mm-hmm. in order for your body to be healthy, you had to eat food so that you were in this I guess, normal range of pH levels and anything mm-hmm. acidic could cause disease and mucus and things like that. He also claims to have cured herpes. I mm-hmm. don't know about that. But so that's a crash course on Dr. CB. What do you think about his his method? So I, my eye roll, let me preface this. Dr. CB has a lot of great, well, he had a lot of great advice and his team is doing a good job to keep people informed, right? The problem I have with it is that we we're taught to go into like an obsession mode, right? So we go from like, okay, I'm going to do an Atkins diet. I'm going to do this diet. Now I'm going to do an alkaline diet because he's focused on alkaline. But when it really comes down to it, his diet is perfect for when you're trying to heal from something in your body. And then it's also great for periodic eating where it's like, okay, I need to freshen up, rejuvenate. It's great for a short period of time, but it's very difficult for us to eat completely alkaline all the time. And there are some great nutrients in foods that aren't necessarily the most alkaline. Does it mean that it's terrible for you? No. But what that does mean is that utilize it to heal. Yes. But don't be afraid once you're done with your healing, don't be afraid to eat other foods sometimes. You know, it's really just about the balance about how much we eat. And then, I mean, there's still a lot of truth the way he says, like you really shouldn't cook with olive oil. And the reason why you shouldn't cook with it is that when the levels get too high, it becomes carcinogenic, which means it helps it helps build cancer cells. But you can still use it in like dressings and all that. You know, you just want to leave it in the state that it's in. And then you could just make a simple salad dressing with that, some lemon juice, a little bit of maple syrup, and it's delicious. Call it a day. So there's a lot of truth to it. And he was very smart in what he what he did. But because a lot of things rely on certain products that he has, you know, people start going to him like a witch doctor, you know, it's like, please heal me. (laughs) So um, it's finding that balance. So I guess what I'm trying to say is making sure that if you are utilizing something like that, to have a proper balance and understanding of yourself so that when you're done with that, you want to, you want to know how to go back to real reality because a lot of people, they'll fail if they don't stay on that diet, you'll end up going right back to. So it's really about balance. So short answer, he's not terrible. It's just, if you're not trying to heal from anything, focus on find something that's unique to you. And then you can apply those principles. Okay. What black women most face or women of color in terms of what our bodies go through, I'm thinking high cholesterol, high blood pressure, heart disease, arthritis, anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. You give us just 
And I know that was a lot, but, and I know you said that our diet should be tailored to us, but just Mm -hmm. those five things, what are some foods that we should eat and not eat? Okay. So let's start with the should eat. Fruits, vegetables, legumes, like beans, certain seeds, water. Those should be our main staples, right? And then you can add things like some rice. Quinoa is actually, people get kind of afraid of it. It cooks just like rice. You just got to season it like rice. It'll have a slightly nuttier flavor, but it'll still be rice-like. So focusing on that. What we shouldn't eat. In no way, shape, or form should cow milk get in your body. It is highly inflammatory. It's not made for us. The hormones that go through with this is excreted for the calves. Our bodies don't respond to it well. And then the hormones that they excrete when they die is also not good for us. You know, so you see that in the meat. And again, I'm not preaching veganism. I'm just saying that cow milk is not okay. If you need some kind of dairy, though we're not taught to eat it, Goat milk, goat cheese is just like mother's milk. And I say just like, it it mimics it, right? So that's something that doesn't cause inflammation in your body. So you can still have that. You can still have cheddar and mozzarella, but just you're getting it from goat milk or sheep milk. One thing that a lot of us don't want to hear is we really should not eat pork. Pork, if you look at statistics, and I encourage everyone to do their own research, right? But when you look at how it inflames the body, how our bodies react to it, the reason why we have all the high blood pressure and all those things, a lot of it stems from the pork and the shellfish. You know, the mm. when you look at statistics for the black black people in general, but black women, you'll really see how it affects us. They've done studies on it. And yet it's heavily marketed to us. We just, because we, we often forget that we're all from different regions and we have different diets and it's just how we're designed. So in understanding that you, you want to stay away from that as much as possible. And then red meat, red meat, you can eat it, but we eat it too much in our society. So really, you really don't want to have it more than once a week because it takes the body a long time to process. So when you're eating red meats, you know, so whether it's cow or venison or whatever the case may be, it can literally sit in your stomach for five to seven days before it processes out. So it's just decaying in your body. Uh, I know, right? That's disgusting, but that's literally what's happening. So all those toxins are just leaching in your body and it's just, you're getting more sodium, more salts absorbed in your body than you should have. So it's causing more of the higher cholesterol, more of the high blood pressure. So eating less of that, less of the fried chicken, not because the chicken's bad. It's actually the frying process because vegetable oil is terrible for your body. Please stop using vegetable oil. (laughs) So bad. So what? So because I like to saute stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So what should I use? I can't use olive oil, and I can't use vegetable oil. Grapeseed oil is a great oil to use. You can use avocado oil. That one's of really high heat tolerant. You can also use coconut oil. It's just that some people, when you get the better coconut oil, it can have a little bit of coconutty flavor. But if you like coconut chicken, hey, that's fine. (laughs) But my family, we usually use grapeseed oil. It just is high heat tolerant. It works in everything. And you can also use it to make your own like vegan butter since like I actually have an allergy to cow's milk. So I constantly have to do alternatives anyway. Mm -hmm. So when I make butter, it's just a vegan butter, usually what I use from the store or I'll make my own, but that's what you can use. So chicken, turkey. Yeah. uh, Totally fine. Again, so meat in general, you don't want to eat every day. It's a lie to say you need it all the time. You really don't. You can get all the protein you need during a week from, believe it or not, fruits, vegetables, beans, you know, nuts, all that. So you want to stick to eating meat no more than three times a week. You know, one or two, and when I mean three times a week, I mean like one meal and then three times a week. And that gives your body time to process it out. So it's just having that proper balance. And that's really for anybody. Because when you see a lot of people when they die, they have a ton of meat stuck in their digestive system. Like just so many pounds of it. It's ridiculous. So, but that's what we're taught. But it's actually, it's a lie. We don't need that much meat. But when you do get the meat, really enjoy yourself. So what about fish? Like shrimp? I'm a shrimp salmon person. So I'm going to let you do your research on the shrimp. The shrimp is actually terrible for you. Same with like lobster and crab. So it's all in that shellfish category. 
but salmon is wonderful. So many omega threes and six and just, it's great. Fish is great to have fish. You can actually have more frequently than you can red and white meats, but what kinds of fish? So, I mean, all kinds, tilapia, you can have, there's bluegill, there's, there's a lot of fish that you can have trout, salmon's in the trout family. Um, pretty much anything with scales you can have and it's fine. And it's just, it's so good for your body. You want to minimize like eel and catfish and it's a real thing. You eat sushi, they do that eel stuff. No, right? my, sis- my sister-in-law eats eel and she's like, oh, it's so good. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's not good for your body. Catfish is not good for your body. It's a bottom eaters are typically just not good for your body. So. Once in a while, like every once in a while. Like like last night I had some shrimp from Red Lobster. But mm-hmm. I probably won't have that again for the next couple of weeks. I know, but no. well, based on what you already shared about your own, the health things that you're dealing with, I wouldn't recommend shrimp at all. Mm-mm. I'll let you do your research on it. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but no, I I know I know it's a bottom feeder. I know. I know. Well, it's not just a bottom feeder. Like I like people to do the research. Like, what does it actually do to the human's body? You know, when you actually look at that, that's when you need to know. Do I really want to know? Yes, you do. You really do. I mean, for your particular goals, you really do want to know. I'm going to leave it right at that. Let you do your own research and just go thorough. Don't just stay on that first page of Google, you know, do that research. (laughs) You know, I think the most frustrating thing is, and I think I can speak for most people in the Mm -hmm. weight loss, gain, maintain Mm -hmm. journey is, you know what you're supposed to do, but Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard to do it. Right. You know, we live with my mom and my mom hates to go food shopping with me because she said it's always more expensive because, (laughs) well, because I'm buying a lot of vegetables. I'm not a fruit person. I'll eat cherries. I'll eat apples, but But I'm, I'm, I'm just not a, I don't know what it is. I'm just not a fruit person. I w- I would rather eat like carrots and celery. That's and great. I, I'll, I'll dip them in like ranch dressing. She's shaking her head no. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about like low fat or fat free? I already know. All that means is this is what the this is what low fat fat free means. What it means is we took out the fat that's actually good for you and we loaded it with sugar to make it taste good because fat free and low fat is nasty and they know it. It's a lie that they put out there in the 80s because the sugar industry was hurting. And so what they did was they said, oh, let's demonize fat. But fat is actually what you need in your body. You know, there's, they always say avocado is a good fat and that's true, but you actually need the fat from all those foods that you're eating, but they put sugar in it, to keep you addicted to it, keep you coming back. And they also load it with chemicals. If you look at everyone that says fat free, look at the back. The ingredient list is at least 10 ingredients long. I will say what Weight Watchers taught me was to look at the ingredients. That's I great. Will, I will say that. They only it want you to be hard to stick to because of the point system. They, well, they changed it a little bit. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Weight Watchers for me was good because I still got to indulge a little bit, but not too much. And, you know, the, the principle of Weight Watchers is good, but if you can teach people to know how to indulge in a little bit without indulging in the wrong things, that is where the power goes, you know, because yeah. a lot of times it's safe because they made products. So they're like, okay, well, I can have this. I know it's okay. I used to do Weight Watchers. So I do understand, but I did it like, I don't know, at least 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things where I learned how to make my own things or find products that I can indulge in. And I know I'm going to be fine. And it's not going to spike my sugar levels to the point where I need to have this and I'm back to crackhead status. Because mm-hmm. when I say I was a sugar addict, you couldn't yeah. get it past me. I, I everything that was just yeah. me, and so learning easier ways to do it and in, finding ways to indulge without having to feel guilty about yourself, but in a way that doesn't rely on a system, is what people need. Is freedom from a programming, essentially. Well, I've been schooled. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't. I just, you know, I just once in a while, I just. 
just love my fried shrimp every once in a while. I understand. Listen, it's this thing is called a journey for a reason. You know, it's everything I share is not to demonize, it's to help educate so no, that yeah, yeah. when the time is when you're ready for that next step, you take that step, but just one bit at a time. Sometimes yeah, it's time just getting more water in. And and you know, the funny thing is, you know, people always say, listen to your body. If I've truly listened to my body, I would probably be vegan. If I listened to my body, I would probably just drink water, a little bit of lemon, maybe a lime, maybe treat myself with a ginger ale every mm. once in a while, maybe a glass of wine every once in a while because I do work with kids and mm. I have a teenager. So <laughs> sometimes that is, you know, to take the edge off of life. But I would pro- like, I just feel the need sometimes to just eat you know, vegetables, you know, I'm, I can't roll with you on the goat cheese though. I can't, I can't. Hold on. I, can't, I, 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 I understand. Listen, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't know about that. I'll say this. I used to be that way. I'm telling, I used to be that way, but then I discovered hard goat cheeses. So running back for just a quick second, my sister-in-law actually has goats. She actually made a goat cheese. I'm like, this is actually good. And that's what got me exploring it. So Give it another try, but try to stay away from the mainstream ones because those things, they taste weird. Something's not right about it. Just try it. I always tell people, like, if, if it sounds weird to you, just try it once and see how it goes, you know, but give it the best shot. Get a good variety. Go to a cheesemonger and ask them, like, what's the best goat cheese you got? And let and just try it because you never know. Your taste buds change over the years and mm-hmm. not every, like, for example, people that are like Pepsi or Coke. Some people like Coke, some people like Pepsi. It's a taste bud thing. But then you discover this diamond in the rough from like somewhere else. Like, where have you been all my life? So it's just, there is a third variety. You just have to find it. So don't knock it right away. I know it sounds weird, but. I know, I know. I just, I, I, I love. It's very common on a continent. I'm just saying. (laughs) I know. And the funny thing is, you mentioned a goat. I was joking with my mom the other day and I was like, we should get a goat. Right. Get a go. <laughs> and she was like, what are we, what are we, we were, we were talking about, you know, there, there's a food shortage and mm-hmm. they're saying like supermarkets are, you know, are heavily impacted by the sh- shortage. And I said, you know, mm-hmm. we should probably grow vegetables, our own vegetables. And I said, we should get a goat. And she's like, why? And I said, well, for the milk and we can make cheese. You can. And I was halfway joking, but you know. But yeah, I, I I can I can eat cabbage, I can eat collard greens, I can eat peas, I can eat zucchini. Mm-hmm. I love those are my favorite. And every once in a while, I'll treat myself. I'll have fried zucchini. But I, I now, are these all I, comfort foods for you, like things you grew up with? Uh, the cabbage, yes. The zucchini, I got more into okay. as an adult. Mm-hmm. But the see, I grew up eating like cabbage, string beans. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad always had to have rice at mm-hmm. a meal, but I'm not a rice eater. Every once in a while, I'll have rice. It's not an everyday thing, but every mm-hmm. when I say every once in a while, like once every couple of months. Oh goodness, um, I see. I don't know how to survive without rice. I love rice. Well, yeah, my dad had to have it at every <laughs> single meal. But but I do like the wild rice, but that comes in that box with all the crap in it. But again, I'm not, I don't eat it that much. But like. The only thing is, is that like, when I hear don't he eat it that much. So it takes 30 days for your body to rejuvenate, right? So when you put that stuff in your body, that's 30 days. And so if you get one in, one box of rice, for example, that has those crap in it. Like, oh, I'll eat it once in a while. But then you're having a soda that has crap in it. And then you have cake that has crap in it. And you keep eating that. Like, it's just compounds. So you never get it out of your body. But the reason why I ask about the ingredients is that a lot of times we tend to stay what seems safe and we venture out only what seems similar to what's safe. Mm-hmm. And I like to recommend like 
just trying something new, even once a month, like getting a bell pepper and like instead of going green, let's try red and just tasting it. And even if you don't like it, you tried it because your body will constantly change. And as you start dealing with your weight management and you're dealing with your mindset, your mindset starts to shift. It's like, you know what? I'm going to commit to just eating better because my body is a temple and it is better. Mm-hmm. Then you start to fall in love with the other ingredients. You never thought you would try. There's a lot of foods, including goat cheese that I never thought I would eat my life that now I absolutely love. And it's a daily part of my diet. And so I really encourage you, you know, everyone to just try something new. It's like when we tell our kids, just taste it, you know, just push and do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it doesn't help that I'm a very picky eater. I'm a very picky eater. So, you know, I, I, and that's why I probably haven't truly embraced veganism because I will not eat tofu. Oh, no, you don't need to be eating tofu anyway. So don't worry about no, it. I, least you survive. At the beginning of right around Lent, my church goes on, we call it the Daniel fast where, okay, yeah. so I do that. Well, I haven't done it lately, but I did say I was going to try it. And I always have to fast. I, 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 I get like a horrible migraine, like the third day. In. Mm-hmm. That and makes sense. Because I know my body is ridding itself and that's like, hey, you know, we we have these toxins and, you know, hey, you haven't had sugar and hey, you haven't had coffee and all this other stuff. But I, 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 I'm 41 Mm -hmm. and on both sides of my family, I have a history of cancer, high Mm -hmm. cholesterol. I mean, just you name it. My father just alone, me and my mom joke, you know, when you go to the, the doctor and they say, did your mother have this? Did your father have this? I check pretty much all the boxes for my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that I am predispositioned for certain things. So I, I did say, you know, now that I'm older, I really want to watch what I eat and have mm-hmm. a healthy relationship with food because all these years I was taught, you know, these unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to carry that on into the latter part of my life. I want to be that 65 year old woman that looks like she's 40. Right. You know, and I, I, I want to be that too. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't work out as much as I would like to because I have back and hip issues, but I mm-hmm. do know that in order for me to get to the point that I can work out, I have to change my diet first. And, and you I know, know that I have to cut out sugar because that's what's causing the inflammation, which is leading yeah. to the pain, which is why, you know, I have to get a cortisone shot just so I can walk around Target to do basic. Yeah, it's a catch-22. And a lot of it is like when we go through that withdrawal in the day three, what people don't tell us is that if you get magnesium, magnesium will help deal with all of that. And then also uh, chromium. So if you have a certain craving, even though broccoli is not going to be like the taste for change, it does give you what your body's really looking for because for some reason, sugar hits receptors of chromium. So people, so your body starts to think that it's getting it. So it's looking for that, it's leaching to it. So by getting broccoli in your system and getting magnesium, magnesium, particularly from like magnesium flakes, so magnesium chloride or like dead sea salts, which you can actually order on Amazon or you can get it at different health food stores. That will help your body to avoid the headache. And then there's something else that you can have. Turmeric is really good to treat the pain. Okay, so if you do turmeric and black pepper together, it ups the curcumin, which helps relieve the inflammation and also cure the headache. And so if you do golden milk, you look up a recipe for that. It's really tasty, bunch of beautiful spices in it. It's not spicy unless you want it to be, but it tastes wonderful. And usually sweeten that. I usually uh, sweeten it with coconut sugar or maple syrup or something like that. And I know maple syrup sounds weird. It's not on Jemima. It's just like a pure maple syrup that you only use for that. But it's a healthy way to hit the sweet while you're trying to detox from the sweet. So it's just, it's a good starter. What about raw sugar or sugar in the raw? So sugar in the raw, it still hits those same receptors. You know, turbinado sugar, it still has to be processed in a way. So it's better than the white sugar. I mean, completely switch to that as your beginning stage, but definitely you want to take it a step further because it's still very addictive. Okay. And what about almond milk? Almond milk is great. The problem with almond milk is that mainstream almond milk has a lot of chemicals in it and thickeners that agitate the stomach. And so if you can 
make your own. It's not as difficult as people think. If you can't, then look for as minimal as possible. Basically start with the paraben-free ones. You'll see it right on the bottle. And there are certain brands that you'll tell you what's not in it, but just start there. Carrageen is as a carcinogen. So you don't want that in your system and paraben free. So look for those two things that are not there, start there. And then as you're building to start being able to create your own experiment it, uh, experiment with that and give it a go. It's a lot. Take it one step at a time. <laughs> just, just keep sitting, listening to this podcast over and over to just your next step. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking about the almond milk I have in my fridge and the, the raw sugar. And I thought I was doing something. You are doing something. It's better than the white sugar and the cow's milk. So as I always recommend, one step at a time, you know, get away from the cow's milk, get away from white sugar, and then, you know, just keep going. And just for people that are listening, brown sugar is not a healthier option. All it is is white sugar and molasses. It's not a healthier option. It tastes good, but it's not a healthier option. But one step at a time, you know, start there get more water in every day, put a little lemon or lime in it to help your body detox first thing in the morning. Once you can master that, then you can go on to, okay, what else can I do for myself this more? And then start incorporating more vegetables or more fruits, depending on your body. Start going for a walk when you can, or, you know, doing like chair aerobics if you have low mobility, but don't overwhelm yourself with all the information, you know, eat the meat and spit out the bones, but do what's best for you one step at a time. Cause it takes a while. You know, I've been doing this, like I said, for almost a decade now, and I'm still learning and growing and continue pushing myself. And, you know, when I, when I pray, what y'all gives me, is just, it's whatever next for me to grow in my walk to be better, but that's all to help others be better. And you know, have someone they can go to that's not going to judge them, that understands where they're at and can meet them where they're at. But if you ask me questions, I'm going to tell you. If you ask me what about this, I'm going to be honest. It's just, no, please. don't yes, be overwhelmed. No, no, <laughs> no, no. It's, 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 it's things that I already knew. Mm-hmm. And that's most people, we know. And, 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 you know, like, like I said, Weight Watchers did teach me to look at ingredients. And that's awesome. I, I do know that if I can't pronounce it, or can't trace it from something, then I should put it back. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I was saying my mom, he's going food shopping with me, it's because I buy the frozen vegetables. I buy fresh vegetables. You know, I'm buying, you know, more chicken, more mm-hmm. fish. You know, she loves pork chops. She loves red meat. She loves ribs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to eat that. You know, mm-hmm. I keep telling her to stop buying my son Lunchables. I keep mm-hmm. saying Please do not buy him white boss. My son has ADHD. Mm-hmm. And God knows I wish that I could afford to be able to put him on the diet because I think that the diet has a lot to do with ADHD. I'm not saying that changing his diet will cure it, but I think it will definitely. It agitates the systems. Yes, especially yeah. the red dyes and the things mm-hmm. like that. So, Which is also in Lunchables. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I call myself trying to buy the most natural, and I say that loosely, with the pe- the pizza Lunchables without the pepperoni because at least it's the, the dough, the cheese, and the sauce. But I know that that's still not. But, you know. Is that it, the only thing that he's willing to eat, like Lunchables, or does oh would he be willing to this stuff? He, he's open to gluten-free. He's open to... He he it's that's that's a whole nother conversation. But his therapist says that he's on a brown diet. He, he, okay. He, he 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 will he's a growing boy. He's 14, he's very tall for his age. Mm-hmm. He's kind of thick. He's a football player, so he's a little okay. thick. Um yeah. so you know, I I try to push the vegetables and he will literally take like a tablespoon of mm-hmm. vegetables. And I'm like, you know. You need, if you're an athlete and you're serious about being an athlete, you need to eat like an athlete. And some of the stuff that you're eating is not optimum for being an athlete. I'm not expecting you to be Tom Brady status, but if you're serious about playing football and running track, you need to change your diet. So I try to hit him with that. Oxidative stress. Like he could literally, I mean, I'm not trying to traumatize anybody, but you can literally drop dead by not eating the right stuff. 
You know, I, so he can be the best prime in his life, you know, and look like he's healthy and drop dead because well, of the oxygen stress in his body. I told him, I said, you know, between my family, my husband's family, my husband just found out the past few years he's diabetic. Wow. You know, so, and then on his side, so I was like, you have hit the genetic jackpot for everything. Oh and I told him, I said, you have to really watch what you eat. He had a health scare a couple of weeks ago, SVT, where okay. his heart rate went up really fast and wow. people rushed him to the hospital. Yeah, it was really scary. We took yeah. him to a cardiologist and I said, if that didn't scare you into eating right, then I don't know what will. I said, yeah. your grandfather had a heart attack. You know, your other one had gout and you know, I said, you you have all these people around you that have had illnesses and have suffered from them. Some yeah. of them have died from them. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to kind of wake up and, and, and change your eating habits. But now you know, it's hard getting a, a 14 year old who can cook on his on his own, you know, to eat the right thing. One thing that I've learned in just being a health coach and dealing with families is it the best, one of the best ways to help your children and make the change is to do it all together. Not just saying we're all on a diet. You know, it's more of like, as he sees you change, he gets inspired or cooking together, you know, and making it a quality time thing. So it it hits the mindset aspect as well, because this is something that we do and using the we instead of I or you, or, you know, and sometimes if they're not responsive to like, you're going to die, then just (laughs) say, Hey, you know, figure out who their best, who, who do they look up to say, this is the person that I feel like, okay, I want to model this. And then going from there, identifying like maybe what's their diet, what do they like to eat? And just saying, Hey, you know, I learned that let's try this because this athlete, you know, they eat this way and let's give it a try. Let's see what this tastes like, you know, and just make it like, like they're making the decision, like, let's try this together. And they're like, okay. You know, and then it really starts to transform them. And then also like people, athletes, they tend to be kind of competitive. So make it into a competitive thing if you need to uh, turning it into like a game. It's like, well, you know what? I'm going to do this. And if you could do this for this amount of time, then you're going to get this, or you're going to do this or, you know what I mean? Like, so whatever would hit him the most in a positive way, then you can give that a try. And then what's going to happen is that if you set the time frame for at least 28 days, he already built a new habit. So even when yes. you're done, he'll still want it. Yes. yes. It's trickery. I know, but this is what moms have to do. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I I have to I have to do it myself. <laughs> All right. This has been a great conversation and it's coming to a close, but I did mm-hmm. want you to please share your quote with my listeners. Sure. So my favorite quote at the moment is nutrition is the only remedy that can bring full recovery and can be used with any treatment. Remember, food is our best medicine. This one, so quote that I found, the person is Bernard Jensen. And honestly, I don't know who they are, but I do love that <laughs> quote because it's true. When we deal with our nutrition, a lot of the food that we have, it hits our brain receptors and affect our emotions. So by understanding that the more we heal you know, nutritionally, the more it's going to affect how we feel, how we view ourselves on the inside and outside. It's going to open us up to just how amazing we really are. So keeping that in mind that food is not just medicine for what you're trying to heal from. It's medicine for how you view yourself. I like that. Nava, where can my brown girls find, follow, and support you? So I'm on Instagram. You can find me, Nava Simka. That's N-A-V-A-S-I-M-K-A-H. You can also find me on Facebook, Loving My Temple. And my website is lovingmytemple.com. All right. So it's a tradition that I give my guests the last words. Do you have any final words of wisdom for my listeners? So what I would advise everyone is first and foremost, you're beautiful. Know that you are beautiful and utilize that, that as you're looking to heal your body, think about how valuable you are. If someone spoke words over you, a word curse over you saying that you're trash, don't believe it, reject that. And write out how much you love yourself every day and let it grow. And then in doing that, when you're making food decisions, 
think about how this is going to affect your value. You know, is this worthy of me? So is this soda worthy of me? Is this cake worthy of me? By doing that, you're becoming conscious of your eating habits one step at a time, simplified, just keep going with that. And then you'll continue to grow to hit your goals. And if you keep doing that and stay on course, you will hit your goals. It just takes time. Remember, it's a journey, not a race. You will get there. I like that. Is it worthy of me? I like that. And I'm going to think that the next time I order my chicken salad sandwich, <laughs> I will not have the bacon on it. <laughs> That's the start, you know? <laughs> I will not have the bacon on it. So that's wonderful. Yes, because one step at a time. One step at a time. You know, you're beautiful. You you just gotta love yourself even the more. You know what you can and cannot have. And most of us are educated enough to know what's not good for us. So just think about your own value and then you'll start to see a difference in your walk. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on, Nava, and sharing how we can have a better relationship with food. All the information she shared will definitely be in the show notes for this episode and will definitely be shared on Saturday Spotlight this weekend. So I want to thank Nava for coming on yet again. I want to thank my day one listeners and my present day listeners. Until the next conversation, stay well. (laughs) Take care.